0: Welcome to The Outpouring with Executive Pastor Bob Oliver of the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. We test the character of God when we attempt something challenging, unusual, and impossible. And that's what faith is all about. That's what faith Is all about. Faith. Without faith, we can accomplish nothing that is lasting. Faith, true faith, real faith tests the character of God. Now we're sitting here in this sanctuary. We are part of a campus that is. Four to four acres. The very presence of this campus is a test of the character of God. Are you there? Because there were so many persons who felt that the vision was impossible. Impossible. But God made it happen. And there are things in your life that God can make happen if you trust him if you test him if you pursue them he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think he's able friends because in your pursuing you are testing the promises in the character of God the next page In the booklet deals with the first anchor, which is the anchor of experiencing God. It says it is vital to have an experience of God as our Heavenly Father and His forgiveness through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. There are two things I want to point out in that one paragraph. As an anchor, to have an experience with God. An experience with God an experience with God not it's not enough to hear about God or to know about God but to have an actual experience with God where you have tested him where you have seen and experienced his presence and his activity that becomes an anchor in your life you know that Nobody can remove that. Once you've experienced that, no one can remove it. It becomes an anchor stabilizing your your, your life and your capacity and your ability. And part of that anchor includes two things. One is the fatherhood of God. The fatherhood of God. Now the fatherhood of God The fatherhood of God. It's an interesting concept. There's only one time in the entire Old Testament that God is referred to as our Father. One time. One time in the entire Old Old Testament. It was Jesus who came and introduced to us the idea that God is our individual father. And he communicated that and it was so stunning that when he did that the disciples said to him Lord teach us to pray because they heard him praying teach us to pray and in the teaching to pray he says when you begin to pray say what that was a brand new concept that's a brand new concept in the Old Testament God was the God of Israel God was the God of a nation. God was a God of a people. But God was never a personal God of individuals. It was Jesus who introduced that. When he says, when you pray, say, our Father. Our Father. My Father. It's brand new. Totally brand new. And in that same, what we call his prayer. He introduces forgiveness, forgiveness. The God who forgives, the father who forgives. Imagine we have a father who forgives, who forgives. Let's talk about forgiveness. I had a situation a number of years ago with a young man who um, was an irritation to me. A certain organization had asked me to hold some money for it and protect it. And so I held it and I deposited that amount of money for the organization. But there was a member of the organization that became incensed about the fact that the organization had asked me to hold and protect that sum of money. So he kept convincing them that they ought to get that money back from me. And they finally called, and, and I fine. You know, you asked me to keep it, now you ask me to send it back to you, that's fine. But the very thing that I figured out happened. He wanted to get it from me so that he can borrow it from the organization and I am certain at this point after all these years that he has never fully paid it back now when that happened I was upset I was upset with him because I knew his motive I was upset and then one day the Lord spoke to me and he says forgive him forgive him I have discovered that when God is speaking to me, he always speaks in a still, small voice. He never raises his voice. He never shouts. He says, forgive him. Just forgive him. That was hard for me, to forgive him. But I did. I did mentally. I did it intellectually. I did it emotionally. And then God said to me, Call and tell him you forgive him. But that was a bit harder because I didn't want to have any dealings with him. So call and tell him you forgive him. So after much delay, I called and I said, you know, I forgive you for what you've done. I forgive him. He didn't respond, but at least I did my part. And then God said to me, pray for him. Pray for him. Pray for him. Because the Bible says, and pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. You're in the passage? um, And he says, if you pray for them, then you will have a peaceable life. Not they. Pray for those who do you all sorts of negative things that you will have a peaceable life. It was hard for me to pray for him, very hard. But I had to obey the verse of scripture. I had to obey. So that first anchor is the fatherhood of God and the forgiveness which comes to us through Jesus Christ and I left space in the notebook for you to write your notes because you want to reflect on that even as you get home. The second anchor is the anchor of prayer, lifestyle of prayer. It says we must all develop a lifestyle of prayer including a desire for wisdom which is seen in our decisions or actions and in our obedience a desire for prayer a prayer life praying for all the things we pray for pray for wisdom 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 which is seen in our decisions our actions and in our obedience Wisdom, Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7 says wisdom is the principal thing in all of your getting. Get what? Get wisdom. It is the number one thing. Wisdom. Because wisdom enables us to make the right decisions. To deal with the different issues. Even when we're going through the valley. Or when our tables are prepared in the presence of our enemies. I've always wondered, I've always wondered why does God prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemies as opposed to in the presence of our friends? Why does God do that? Does anyone have the answer? Because I certainly don't. But He prepares a table before me In the presence of my enemies and he allows my enemies to see my cups running over wow if your cup is running over you're going to have a lot of enemies you're going to have a lot of enemies because your cup running over means that your table is being prepared has been prepared And they can see your blessings they can see how you're prospering they can see how you're growing they can see how you're developing and they become your enemies wisdom which is seen in our decisions or actions and our obedience anchor number three our god-given purposes in life. We are we are people of purpose. We are people of purpose. It says God has a purpose for everyone. Thus you must knowingly and actively pursue your God given purpose in life. I don't know how many persons, how many believers are conscious of their purpose in life, I don't know. But it does make a difference. I was about, I think I was about three years old when I went to a a little children's Bible class that one of our neighbors held and um it was just for little kids but that lady would never know the impact she has had on those little children because we were three years old four years old but those of us who are alive still talk about it still do she didn't have it in church she had it in her her home on Saturday afternoons and she taught us the scriptures and she taught us the songs. I remember one of the songs she taught us, I help her I will be, I help her I will be, I help her I will be, there's work to do, there's work to do for both you and me. I help her I will be. So many different songs. She was teaching, she was doing what she could helping us at that age of three years and four years to sense, a sense, to have a sense of purpose. Purpose. God-given purpose in life. The experience of a purpose. If you have an experience of purpose early, It guides your life, it guides your journey. It opens your eyes to what is possible. Are you with me? Yes. Yes. Continuation of Anchor number three. Not only does God have a purpose, God has plans and processes. And a price god's purpose for your life indicates his plans for you his plans i i knew i was clear at less than less than age four i was clear because they tell me when people ask me what are you going to be i'd say i'm going to be a epitome When I grew up, I'm going to be a fitaman. a A -a fitaman. And I couldn't understand why these adults and these people couldn't understand what a -a fitterman was. Well, the truth is I couldn't pronounce the word clearly. And then I said, what's a -a (coughs) fitterman? What's a -a fitaman? And I would say, a -a fitterman like Peter. I meant a fisherman like Peter. A fisherman like Peter. I am still doing that today. And I knew that in my spirit when I couldn't even pronounce the word correctly. But, I do, but that's because of a neighbor who encouraged children to attend a little children's Bible school. Now that picture you saw of the kids, let me tell you how that developed. I had gone to Vacation Bible School. I had learned 10 songs and 10, and 10 verses, and then I couldn't teach it at, ch- at church. So I went in the neighborhood and gathered the kids and began teaching them. And then my pastor saw what I was doing. And he said, okay, now bring them in, and here's a pew, here's a bench. Sometimes you just have to start. Sometimes you have to start with what you believe. You have to start with the passion you have. And as people see it, they'll recognize it. And doors will be opened for you. God has plans. For I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. This is found in Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11. I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. What else? Plans of good. And not of evil plans plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future now let's look at that again for I know the plans I have for you says declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you. In your book, underline that piece, and not to harm you. And not to harm you. And here's my question. Why would God feel the need to add and not to harm you? I know the plans I have for you. Plans to bless you, prosper you, and then God put in there and not to harm you. Why would God feel the need to add that? Who wants to answer my question? Did I see, did I see a hand? Yeah, come right up and take the mic. And not to harm you. Come, come right up. I can't hear you. Is Mike. mic? I know the plans I have for you to prosper you <clears throat> and then God adds and not to harm you. Well, you think of Job's case Go ahead. Job's case how Job suffered, how he lost everything but in the end God gave him more so God prospered him. It looked like he was harming him, but God was prospering him. Sometimes we can confuse the text as a horn mm. and not a prosperity. Now that could preach. <laughs> I mean, that's excellent. That's absolutely excellent. Go ahead, sister. He says you prosper, yes. He why, don't you come, why don't you come so I can hear you and I can repeat it. Come, 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 are you there? I'd like you to come, please. She can't come? Because of COVID, she can't come forward and use your mic. No, 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 I won't use the mic. Yeah, just come closer, I'll have the mic, just come closer so they can hear you. Pardon me? Loud, okay. Loudly loudly right now. The moment God said prosper you, I know the plans are have to, to prosper you. Yes. You automatically get enemies. Mm. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. She said, the, the moment God decides to prosper you, you will get enemies. And the moment you get enemies... And the moment you get enemies... He's telling you, I'm with you. Uh-oh, uh-oh. And those enemies can't harm you either. Thank you. Thank you very much. I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. So many people have gotten the belief that if I, if I give myself to Jesus, if I give myself to God, I'm going to lose out in life. I'm going to lose so much. True or false? True. True. And God is saying, I have blessings for you. I want to prosper you. I don't want to harm you. And so forget the whole thing that Satan puts in our consciousness that you will lose out in one way or another if you're serving or seeking to please the Lord and not to harm you. Not to harm you. So God has plans. And his plans have processes. And purposes. And price. Did I see a hand over there? Yes, that's right. Yes, you can believe God that he has your back. He will not forsake you, he will not not hurt you. We need to believe God. We need to believe God. And and you always have a battle because whenever God says something to you, Satan will say the opposite. And you have to decide, whose voice will you follow? You will hear both voices. The question is, whose voice will you follow? In the above scripture, which is found in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, he said he will not harm you. And then the next paragraph, God's plans for our lives reflect his purposes for us. His purpose has god determined has a god determined process god 's purposes have a god determined process. God has ways of manifesting himself and doing what has to be done and then god 's purpose also has a price it has a price there 's a price we pay in Working in God's system, pursuing God's purposes for our lives is a price. And some of you right now, as you look back at your life, you can remember the price you had to pay for just becoming who you are. Most of us have had to pay a price to be who we are. They are those who were opposed to our being who we are. And you had to pay a price. In my case, in my case, my price was being put out of our home when I was 14 years old. And then imagine, <clears throat> because my mother says, I'm not, not going to accomplish anything in life because the only thing I have in my mind is church. But imagine, later on, how my mother felt, having put me out when I was 14, when Pastor Heisens and I had to take her in, to our home. Life is funny. But here's a question, at age 11, I was called to be the pastor's helper. At age 12, and that was a tremendous experience. Where's where's Dr. Jillian? Dr. Jillian, are you there? Where is she? Dr. Jillian Granham? Oh, you're here? At age 11, I got saved. At age 14, I had a transforming experience of being put out of our home. At age 15, no, 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 at age, at age 13, 13, I, I experienced a tremendous honor. No, uh, no, no. Age 11, the pastor's helper. Age 13 a special honor when I was one of the children selected from our school to participate in what was called the Royal Procession. Now what's the Royal Procession? This was in 1953. The Royal Procession in every British country was a procession to mark the coronation of Queen Elizabeth. And she's now reigning, she's the longest reigning British monarch. She's now reigning 70 years. For me, as a child, that was a tremendous privilege. One to be the pastor's helper and one to be selected from my school to participate in the royal Royal procession. Our young boys need models and mentors They need to build the right relationships as they grow up. We need brothers who will see that they do have something to offer. Because I can't imagine what my life would have been like if my pastor had not invited me to be his helper. I can't imagine. And the very thing that became important to me as a child, the very thing that captured my involvement in the life of the church, the very thing that caused me to start a Sunday school class, a BBS class in the neighborhood, the very thing was the one thing my mother wanted to stamp out of me. Because she was convinced that what I was pursuing would accomplish nothing in life. And so, I I just thank the Lord for the adults in our church I want to make a statement, you may not believe it, believe it, as a, ch- as a child and as a teenager, everybody in my church knew me, why? Because I was the pastor's helper, and after being his helper, I became his friend. And after his friend, being his friend, he continued to mentor me. And then I became his assistant. And then I succeeded him as pastor. Just started with one single sentence. Come and be my helper. And brothers, we need, we need you in the lives of the young boys in our church. Their mothers cannot do it. And some of the fathers are not present. There's a whole ministry Of course, there's some procedures that we have to go through. There's some background checks that we have to make. We're going to wrap up. Um, That anchor number four is risk taking faith. And there's no faith that doesn't, there's no true faith that doesn't involve risks. It is the nature of the risk that determines the value of the faith, the risk, and the risk of being misunderstood. Anchor number five is the question of obedience. Obedience to God in one's life includes your time, your talent, your tithes, and your taking care of the investment God has made into you. Obedience, obedience, time, talent treasure your tithes and you're recognizing that you are god's investment you are god's investment god has invested in you and you want his investment to be profitable to him does that make sense okay anchor number six All of our lives have chapters, all of our lives have chapters. The problem is that we tend to park in one chapter and never move on. We rehearse the one chapter over and over and over again, and we tend to make that particular chapter the permanent chapter. Not realizing that God wants us to move from chapter to chapter. How many of you would read the Bible if it didn't have chapters? How many of you would go from Genesis to Revelation? But the Bible has chapters. So I can say we are reading Ezekiel chapter 4, Ezekiel chapter 4, verse 7. We're not reading the whole book of Ezekiel. We're reading chapter 4, verse 7. Life has chapters. Your life has chapters. As you look back on your journey, you'll find certain chapters that you went through. Some people never go through their chapters, they park. They park rehearsing the same things over and over, the same hurts over and over the same fears over and over the same pains over and over and over they're stuck in that chapter does that make sense and finally life doesn't only have chapters life can also have versions Versions, for instance I don't know what Bible you use, but the Bible has Bible has been printed in different versions You have the King James Version What other version do we have? The New King James Version You have a variety of versions It's the same Bible, but a variety of versions And sometimes You and I have so many different versions, when a person talks to us they don't know which version they're talking to. They think they're talking to the same version they spoke to yesterday. And your version has changed. Am Am I there? Am I there? Yes. We shift, we shift personalities, we shift versions. I, I want to wrap up by asking a question. No, yeah, yeah. Do you have, a, having gone through this, you, and you do have the booklet, you're taking it home. We um, may not get through all of it, but at least you have it. Is there a question you have for me or for Dr. Jillian? Very quickly. A question for me or for her? Just put your hand up. Okay, I see a hand at the back. Okay, could you come up quickly so I can hear what, you, what your question is? Or shout loudly? Okay, if you shout from there, we'll get it. <laughs> if, if you can just move your mask for a quick minute so I can hear you clearly. Forgiveness. Yes, and it seems to be, I've always had a question about that. You've always had a question about forgiveness. Yes, and you touched on it when you brought up the, what happened with you. Yes. What is the, uh, I've had a problem, not a problem, but learning about forgiveness was yes. very important to me. Yes. And with my family. Mm-hmm. I've, since the time I. Uh, learning, learning about forgiveness is very important to her in relation to her family. Yes, and being in this church so long, and you've been my teacher. Yes. For years, what are the consequences in true forgiveness? What are the consequences of true forgiveness? Yes, and if we. How uh, can I put it? I don't want to just go on and on. Okay. Again. I've Okay. And if we have not
1: truly the, forgiven.
0: Yes, the consequences of true forgiveness yes. and if we have not really forgiven. Yes. Yes. Is it like um, I I hear you. I hear you. Let me give you the answer. Okay. <laughs> Jesus gives us the answer. Yes. Jesus gives us the answer. The disciples saw Jesus praying. The disciples saw him praying. And they said to him, Lord, teach us to pray the way John taught his disciples. Teach us to pray as John as John taught his disciples. Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. They didn't say, Lord, give us a prayer we can memorize. They said, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray now we have memorized the Lord's Prayer but that's not what Jesus had in mind Jesus was not giving them a prayer to memorize Jesus was giving them a number of foundation stones in prayer a number of One of them was the fatherhood of God, our Father who art in heaven. That was brand new. Hallowed be thy name. The next is the kingdom of God. Thy kingdom come. That's a cornerstone of his kingdom. And if his kingdom comes, what is going to happen? His will will be done on earth. That's a cornerstone. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as 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 he didn't say forgive us our trespasses period It says forgive us our trespasses just as we forgive others that's a conditional statement it means if you don't forgive other people you cannot be forgiven If you don't forgive, you can't be forgiven because you're the one praying that to God all the time. And forgive us our trespasses just as we forgive those who trespass against us. And then you have the other cornerstone and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. He didn't intend it to be a prayer that we repeat, he intended it to be a concept, a concept of planks. Anchors of prayers. Anchors that one day we can focus on the fatherhood of God, our Father. Hallowed be thy name. Another day we can focus on thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Another day we focus on another aspect. He was not giving them a prayer to memorize, he was teaching them, teaching them what prayer was what prayer involves and one of the fundamental things that prayer involves is forgiveness because it was Jesus who put that condition in there that condition does not exist anywhere in the Old Testament and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive as we forgive as we forgive because if we don't forgive or can't forgive we are playing God we are holding someone stifling someone as if we are God so forgiveness frees us are you there are you there? Or oh, time is gone. Thank you very much. Time is gone. Jesus preached one sermon. In all of his 35 years, he preached one sermon the Sermon on the Mount. And then he held five discourses, teachings on different topics with his disciples. Because, you see, he wanted to make sure that they understood and that they are transformed. Transformed. And he knew that Judas was in the midst because he chose him. He chose Judas. And he knew what Judas was going to do did, and uh, put on your seatbelts. I'm, I'm wrapping up, I'm gonna run so you can't throw rocks at me. Every congregation has a few Judases. It's part of ministry. It's part of ministry. It's part of ministry. That's why we have to be conscious. Are you there? I had written out a prayer, but I will leave it, I will leave it for you to pray it since you have the book. I wonder if there's someone how many of you felt that this has benefited you today's presentation has benefited you and you take is there anyone who does not have a copy of the book is there anyone who does not have a copy of the booklet okay you all do take it home go over it make notes share the notes with someone else so they can benefit and i'm wondering here today if there's anyone who after having heard this presentation wants to turn his or her life over to Jesus Christ? Is there a person who needs to give your life to God to be saved? To say, Father, forgive me, save me. Is there a person here today? If there is, just stand, we'll recognize him. Okay, Okay, let's pray. Father in heaven, we just praise and we thank you for this time of worship a celebration instructions in righteousness thank you for everyone who's here on this father's day i thank you for the privilege you've given to me to work along with pastor oliver and to serve as a father i thank you Thank you for Pastor Hyacinth, who has continued to make significant, who continues to make significant um, investments into my own life. I I thank you. Continue to touch her body, renew her strength. And bless every single person here and their families and as they go home maybe go go back over the booklet and see more insights we just praise and we thank you in the name of your son jesus christ amen thank you for joining us in service today